0: Welcome to another episode of Two Guys, One Topic. I'm Liam.
1: And I'm Ollie. And for those of you that don't know, or for any new listeners, each episode we take a topic that we know very little about, we give ourselves a week to read and research all about it, and then we share the best information with you, our
0: listeners. The idea is that we do the hard work and then share it with you. Uh, yeah, we are not experts, though, are we, on anything that we talk about on this pod? It's just like a summary, I guess, of our findings. But hopefully, by sharing some of our knowledge with you, we can all learn just a little bit more about a whole bunch of things. Sounds good to me,
1: Liam. Let's get on with this week's topic, which is fortune telling.
0: I predict this is going to be a good episode, Ollie. Wee!
1: I like that. I'd love to know how you predicted that, what method. <laughs> all
0: right, Ollie. So fortune telling this week. Um, what on earth did you know about fortune telling? Why have we picked this? <laughs> <laughs> what did you know about fortune telling beforehand? Well, I didn't know very much
1: about it at all, and I... I just thought it might be an interesting topic for us to get into. I suggested it to you and you were like, yeah, right, let's give it a little bash, see what we can learn about it. I, I When I think of fortune telling, I think of maybe um, like an old granny who's like looking into a crystal ball and it's all like dark and mysterious um, where, yeah, people are, for some reason they're, they're somehow managing to predict the future, but. I got no idea how or why they think they can do it. I've got to say I don't know if I believe in it. Actually no scratch that. I've got to say I don't believe in it,
0: <laughs> but yeah, how about yourself no i I don't believe in it either, but yeah what what do I picture like yeah, like you said, um like a mystic meg sort of character for those in the u k sort of looking into a crystal ball um, you've got the tarot cards, uh people reading your palm, yeah, tea leaves, do you know like I mean, the the one thing I wanted to know this week is it can do, do they work? How on earth do you look in a set of tea leaves and predict the future? Like, yeah, yeah, good point. I'm pretty sure it's not real, but uh, we looked into it anyway, didn't we? We did.
1: And then just wondering, like for you, would you want your fortune told?
0: Well, I don't believe in it. I I think I, I I'm not sure. I'm not sure I'd believe it, so I, I don't think it would bother me. I'd feel like I was being like Darren Brown. I don't, you know, we've got listeners all over the world, but Darren Brown is pretty famous in England, isn't he? As being like a sort of a magician, illusionist. He, he does that sort of yeah mentalism thing, and uh, yeah, I like. I, I would feel like it was just a trick, yeah. And even if they were saying stuff that was true, I'd feel like there's a there's no way they've looked looked at a set of tea leaves and worked that out. They've they've followed me home and realized I've got a white car or something like that. <laughs> so you know, fortune telling has, has been around for forever. It's
1: been around so long, but it's that, that thing that like humans have always had a yearning to almost know, like What does the future hold in store for them? And it's almost like thinking, yeah, it might be quite interesting. Just have a little glimpse, you know, just have a little idea about what might happen. Like what's this plan that's laid out in front of me. And you can then yeah. know if you end up, end up going to have a, you know, a successful life and, Full of riches, or if it's going to go the complete other way, and I think that's that's what people are looking for,
0: aren't they? By by visiting yeah. people who can tell fortunes. Yeah, I mean th- th- this goes back to like four thousand BC. And that's like six thousand years ago. There's evidence of this happening in China and in Egypt, places like that. But it's like you know, if you were a farmer, you'd want to know what was gonna be in the future, wouldn't you? Like what's coming up? Or if you're going to war and you're about to lead a, an army into battle, like it's that sort of Game of Thronesy. like let's go and speak to that witch sitting in that tower who's going to tell me what how we're going to win and, and that sort of thing.
1: Yes. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, as you say, it's been around yeah, since 4000 BC. So one of those other ones, which was a flipping long time ago for us. And they say that apparently the Egyptians... They used to practice something that I've never heard of before called scatomancy, which is the yeah. process of finding details of the future in animal feces.
0: Yeah. Pretty, Sounds pretty reliable. Um, yeah, well, yeah, we've got to be careful not to just discredit the whole thing, Ollie, but I will question how you can look at some poo from an animal and work out what's coming up in the future. <laughs> But who was the first person who
1: realised they had this skill? That's the funny thing, isn't it? Four thousand years ago, they said, "You know what, Liam? See that pile of stuff there. That means it's going to be a good winter."
0: <laughs> yeah, but what it is like? It, if they said it to me and it was wrong, I would just like you just dismiss it, wouldn't you? That crazy guy that you'd never go and tell anybody about that that happened. But if he said something that was right, that because you know what's that saying? Like a stop a stopped clock. I can't say it fast enough. A stop clock is right twice a day. Is That's that right? one. Like, if they make enough predictions, they're going to get one right. Yeah. And when they do get one right, the person for whom they got it right is going to be like, oh my God, you want to see this guy? He's just predicting the future looking at some poo. Like, you know, and they'll tell everybody. So, yeah. yeah. So then they get a bit more famous and then they just tell another bunch of people a whole bunch of stuff until eventually they get one right again.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think
0: we've actually even said
1: what it is, have we? Like fortune telling, some sort of definition about it. Did you come up with a
0: definition this week? Um, it entails seeking unknown information, usually about the future, through supernatural or ritualistic means.
1: Yeah, no, I like that. That's what I got. Sort of similar to mine. So mine, yeah, fortune telling is a set of practices designed to interpret future events or character-specific traits by seemingly illogical and irrational means. So I don't know, some, some of the things around there then, like horoscopes or tarot card reading that you were saying, um, yeah, there's there's all sorts of different ways that people can then go about trying to predict people's futures for them or what, what life might entail for them or speaking to loved ones who's passed away or whatever it might be.
0: Yeah, um, so we sort of said it there, like why do people go to it though why do people do this because it what's the
1: reason i think a lot of time it's down to people maybe they've got something unresolved in their life at the moment or they've maybe got something where they they've they've got um you know some difficulties in their life so what they're doing is they're going to this this person this wise person who did manage to mm tell Bob from down the road, something about them that turned out to be true. And they're like, Oh, I'd love to know. Maybe they can then do the same for me. Maybe they can let me know what my, my granny who died 50 years ago, who can guide me on, on a path that's maybe a better future for me. So it's, it's that whole optimism, isn't it? Maybe wanting to resolve things or just having that glimpse into the future.
0: Yeah. Sort of like, is it called positive affirmation? You know, that just that, that little bit of positivity perhaps, um, yeah, but as humans we're very good at, at spotting patterns in things that perhaps don't have patterns in, in randomness and and seeing something that isn't really there because we're looking for it. Is that called confirmation bias or something? Yeah, that's the one. It's that whole thing where you look at those like ink blot things and suddenly you can see, you know, a princess when when is there one there or you've just spotted it.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, trying to make make a sense or meaning out of something where you're sometimes like a little bit clutching at straws. But if the person telling you that that ink blot is a princess, you know, they've got a reputation for getting some of these things right. You're then that confirmation yeah. bias, you're then seeking it, aren't you? And you're saying, Oh wow. Yeah, you are speaking to my granny. Um, brilliant. I'm going to carry
0: on talking to you because you you almost want to believe it as well. It's called apophenia which is the general term for the human tendency to seek patterns in what is random, in random pieces of information. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and then you see the pattern and then, and then you get that, perhaps that positive, um, that positive affirmation that you, that you need at the time. Yep. So um,
1: in, in terms of then fortune tellers and the different methods that they use, were there any for you that, that
0: sort of stood out this week? So there are, should we, should we we rattle off a few quick ones and then maybe go into a bit more deeper? Like there's some that people have heard of. You've probably heard of like astrology, right? Horoscopes, looking at the stars, that sort of thing. That's how often, you know, we talked about it before when we learned about um, Galileo, like looking up at space and looking at the stars. Humans have done that since forever. Yes. So, you know, that's been around forever. Um, What else, you know, looking in a crystal ball. Did you know yeah, the name called, for this one at all? I didn't at the time. I know what it is now. I, I can see why it's called this. Yeah, it's um, it's a pretty tricky word. I like you try and say it. What, crystallomancy? Yeah. crystallomancy. <laughs> it's like I feel like, okay, maybe I'll do this in the wrap-up, right? Because we said that that word, the Egyptian, is called scatomancy. Another word for astrology is astromancy. And looking in the crystal ball is called Crystallomancy. I wonder what the mancy, the omancy part means on the end. Yeah, oh, uh, so like etymology Liam. I'd have expected more yeah. from etymology Liam to have figured out I've what it was. No- I've only just noticed it looking at my notes because there's another one called Cartomancy, <laughs> which is the posh name for tarot card reading. <laughs> um, but yeah you're, you're, yeah, you're right. So I, I know we, we said it there.
1: Yeah, just, just reading off a couple of them. So yeah, astrology, you're looking at celestial objects. You're trying to make some sense about when the stars will align and the moon and all that stuff. And depending on what happens, um, certainly with your star sign, then that can really predict what things might happen for you. Crystalomancy, the whole one about looking at reflective surfaces, like crystal ball yeah. or even water or, or mirrors. So, so I yeah. know, again, that went back. A long, long time, 4,000 years ago, like the Romans were quite big into that, apparently looking at water and seeing what reflections they could get off it. Um, pendulum reading. I didn't know too much about this, but somebody just what dangling something in front of people.
0: Yeah, I'd be worried I'd get hypnotized. But yeah, that's that one, isn't it?
1: And it is yeah. it's depending on how the pendulum swings. So you've got the fortune teller holding it, you know, if it starts going round in circles or starts moving a lot well, yeah. that that really means something. Or if it swings back and forward, it could be a yes or a no. So there's there's a lot of things that apparently can be told by the pendulum. So a piece of string with like a crystal or something on the end of it.
0: Yeah. Um, then you've got there's some they get a bit more random that you might not have heard of them, like. Graphology, the study of handwriting, physio, physiognomy, <laughs> the study of facial characteristics. But like, and then there's one, phrenology, do you know what that is? Oh, I'm, is that the one to do with your head? Yeah, the study of the contours of the skull. So do you basically get a head massage and then they read in your head again? All right, you've got a uh, small dimple here. That means that you will, in fact, lose your job next week. <laughs> is that that sort of thing? Yeah, I think um, it is, isn't it? One of the uh, the bigger ones I did look into there was tea leaf reading. Official name, Tassiography. Okay. What do you think about, what, what's your thoughts on tea leaf reading?
1: I don't think I really believe in it, but maybe somebody's got a skill out there
0: that I can't do. Yeah, what what's the name of that tea company, Twinnings or Twinings? Oh, called? yeah, I know the one. Is that what it's called? One of them twinnings or twinings, I don't know how you pronounce it. Their website actually had a bit like a bit of information about how to read tea leaves and like what you should do. So, you know, there's stuff like so you, you have your cup of tea. Hang on. Wait, let's just do this right. Where is it? Uh, you have your cup of tea. When there's about a tablespoon of liquid remaining in the cup, they begin swirling and turning. Holding the cup in the left hand, swirl it three times from left to right. Next, also with the left hand, slowly and carefully invert the cup over a saucer and leave the cup upside down for approximately a minute. Then, rotate it three times. Turn the cup back upright, positioning the handle due south. Tea leaves should be stuck to the cup in a variety of shapes and clusters. Now it's time to tell their story. Wow. (laughs) Sounds legit. That's exciting, isn't it? And there's all kinds of things like... um, If they form a clear line, that represents some sort of journey. Where in the cup are the tea leaves? Because, you know, if they're at the bottom of the cup, it involves the future. But if they're closer to the rim of the cup, that might involve the past. If you can see a letter, the tea leaves make a letter. Typically, capital letters refer to place names, while lowercase letters refer to someone's name. So if you look in there and you can see an M and it's lowercase, Oh, maybe there's a Mary on the horizon or something. (laughs) it's crazy, like. But then it says, "What if you see a shape?" So if you see a balloon shape, maybe there's a celebration coming up. Right. So, um, so what, what if I see like the shape of a Mars bar? Then perhaps there's a Mars bar on my horizon. Like,
1: <laughs> maybe, maybe there's there's another one that's um that's quite famous as well around tarot cards aren't there that that's a lot relies on on pictures like the the prop that the fortune teller is using are are these cards
0: yeah so they have 72 i think it's a, no 78 it's a deck of 78 cards each with um like quite famous some of them are quite you know like the death card the lover's card yeah quite famous images there are 22 major cards called major arcana or arcana and then 56 minor ones. Um, and the, but the major ones are the ones that you'll have heard of. You then, you basically draw the cards, and the cards will tell a story because each card represents something. And the tarot card reader will learn, will know what each card represents. So as they turn them over, you know, I will shuffle them. You will pick three or six or however many we're deciding to do because there's a few different ways of doing it. and then, And then you will turn a card, and it might be lovers, and then I will tell you what that card means for your future. And I'll tell you a story as you turn the cards. Essentially. Yeah. I was reading that
1: where tarot reading started is the cards were originally a game. They were just a, a normal game. Like you would play like bridge or a game like that, that I know would be termed okay. like a parlor game. So it was actually a card game that happened. And it was around, yeah. it was about the 16th century, I think in Italy is where somebody then picked up on, Actually, there's some meaning in these cards that people are turning over and why people are are winning these games or what's happening to them. And it was from there that they then took that this existing game that was in place with these cards and then started to begin to tell stories off the back of it, which, you know, similar to where we were saying about in Egypt and someone using the animal feces to predict the future. There must have been someone at some point who went, (gasps) These cards, they're giving me a message.
0: Yeah. I know what they're telling me. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you want me to um, tell you what a few of the cards mean? I, I actually found out what the, the main 22 cards are. So, some of the more famous ones the Fool card, if you turn that one over, All right? That represents youngness and vulnerability. And what it encourages you to do is to just embrace everything that lies ahead of you without worry. Okay. Because you're like fresh in the world. It's not a bad card to get. Death, the Death card is misunderstood. It doesn't mean death as in someone's going to die or something like that. It represents how life works in cycles. And if you get death, you know, death represents something dies, but from that something new grows and it represents like newness and that things will pass and something new will come. Uh, Okay. I don't know. They're pretty positive. There's one called the tower. The tower card represents just to let anything bad fall And it it means that the weakest parts of your life must be torn down in order to build something strong and sturdy in their place. Okay. So it's like if something bad is happening at the moment, like let that go, get rid of it, and then start again, but in a stronger way. Reading these, they do seem quite positive. Like they all seem to have like a positive spin. And we were saying one of the reasons people do this is perhaps for that positivity and that that affirmation that actually everything's going to be okay. And, you know, any of these cards just appear to be... The judgment card reminds you that the future is not setting stone and that it's never too late to make a change for the better. So it might come over like, oh, God, I'm being judged, but it's positive or should yep. be seen as positive.
1: Yep. Yeah, I see that. Or oh, if yeah. there's some bad news or something bad has happened, then, yeah, sort of embrace
0: it, but turn it into a good thing. Do the the tarot card readers... Do they just spin it on purpose to make it positive because that's what the people want to hear? Do yeah, you know I mean? sort of. Yeah, in that sort of seems to be
1: the case. I think, and it's similar with yeah. all of these types of methods that you've got. There's something which sort of holds it all together called cold reading, and this is the the tactic that they employ. So, cold reading is basically a, a set of techniques. Yeah, that, that fortune tellers or, or mediums or, or mentalists, whatever they might be called, that they use to then quickly obtain more detail or information by analysing the person that they're reading. And it can be using yeah. props or not be using props. So, you know, it's things like the age or the clothing or the hairstyle, gender, you know, it could be all sorts of things that they're picking up on when they're doing these, these readings of you. And what they're doing is they're they're putting out quite generalized statements, and they're they're doing the reader's doing a lot of the talking, but it's then the subject. They're the ones who's providing a lot of the meaning behind it, yeah, which is quite interesting. Yeah. i was I was reading about how a cold reading could typically start, and I just found this quite interesting, where what they'll do, and maybe this is going back to someone with a crystal ball or whatever the prop is that they've got, they'll try and get like some sort of cooperation from the person they're trying to read at the very beginning by saying something along the lines of, I often see images that are a little bit unclear and which sometimes mean more to you than they will to me. So maybe we can work together to try and uncover this new news about you and we can sort of figure out what this crystal yeah, ball okay. is telling me. So they're getting that buy-in early that it won't be completely accurate I'm gonna throw something out there like you were saying, that yeah. M in the tea You're going leaves. To fill the gaps. And then the person then fills in the gaps for them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. So what they do is so that so they're reading, they're reading how the other person is reacting and then sort of using that in the story that they're telling with the tea leaves or with the cards or yeah. with the crystal ball to make it appear like they are sort of making predictions that are quite you know, quite individual when but, actually they're not. Yeah, I've,
1: I've got another one where what a fortune teller might say to somebody in these very broad statements is a person very dear to you is no longer around. And then it's down to that person to then interpret yeah. interpret what is it that they meant. So when you say they're not around anymore, they're not saying anyone's died. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's not that they've definitely died. It could be that someone's left or that somebody... Yeah you know, has moved abroad or whatever it might be. Yeah. And then you interpret yeah. it as that person. It's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Liam did move to Dubai. <gasps> oh my God. Yeah. They're reading my future for me. And then you come up <laughs> with the reasons about a person is no longer around. So you're the one filling in the gaps.
0: Yeah. And then they'll turn over the right card in a tarot and they'll go, oh, right, this represents, you know, the future, new life, building, ex- I don't know, excited travels, you know, well, I could go to Dubai. We could meet, you know what I mean? Like you, you just, it just all compounds on top of itself. And then by the end of it, you're like, man, that was all about me. They and, told and what, me absolutely everything.
1: And what they're doing is they're, as we said, they're looking at your your facial expression. So you're then filling in the story and you're maybe looking a little bit confused thinking, oh yeah, Auntie Mary, what was she? Oh yeah, Auntie Mary. And then when you, you know, your, your facial expression, like when you're nodding or when you then start to smile about it in your body language, that's when they then, like dive a little bit deeper and then they try and predict something else by throwing out another vague statement and mm-hmm. what what they sometimes might do there's a technique in cold reading i i read about called shotgunning which is more so where they will read out a very broad statement around you know maybe somebody who's like a father figure to you um something to do with their you know a heart problem or something and they leave it very very vague and that's because you know there's a lot of medical conditions where you can have chest problems, so that could be like how they yeah. could get away with the heart or like the father yeah. figure. It's not saying it's actually your dad; it could be an uncle or a relative or a cousin or somebody who you looked up to as that father figure was somebody who you then go, oh yeah, yeah, that does make sense. I can see how you're managing to come up with that. And so they say a lot of these statements, and then it's down to the the individual to then interpret them how they want to, and then
0: they take your lead effectively. This is very similar to probably the best thing I learned this week about something called the Barnum effect. Absolutely. Is this not one of the best things probably I learned this week? So the Barnum effect is about a person's, so very similar to what we're saying. It's about, I've I copied it, a Barnum effect. is a person's natural tendency to think that a generic or vague description applies specifically to them. Examples include statements made by horoscope readings and fortune tellers, and that's just that's how you know you say something vague, and then I go, yeah, that's me, that's I'm I'm that person. And did you read about the experiment? Yeah, incredible. So this this Barnum
1: effect it goes back to there's a guy called P. T. Barnum who originally came up with it. Um, So somewhere between 1810 and 1891, that's when he was born. I don't know when. So we we're talking about in yeah 1800s 1948
0: the experiment was conducted in 1948 oh was that by a chap called foyer it's it, i think they both it's um it's attributed to like both of them it's very interchangeable i think i don't think i don't think one or the other is because sometimes it's called the the foyer effect Yeah. so i i think it could be one or the other but it do you know, by the way, just quickly before we start, this Barnum guy, he came up with a phrase, a sucker was born every minute. Yeah. Because of it, off the back of this. So, yeah, do you want to say what the experiment was?
1: Yeah, what What they asked, what this FOIA, he then took this, this Barnum effect idea and he actually asked his students, he asked 39 of his students to take this diagnostic test where he asked each student to they, got, they received an individual personality sketch based on some questions that they were asked. And it turned out that the students who took this test thought that it was brilliant and thought that the sketch, the personality sketch that they've been given back of themselves, really applied to them. And they couldn't believe it. They rated it on like 4.6 out of five about how accurate they thought that this test was coming back to them. But the kicker was, everybody was receiving the same information back.
0: Yeah, so that yeah, they did a test, and then yeah, their their the response, the uh, the the traits that they were given back as their personality, they, they were all exactly the same statements, and then everybody read them all and went, "Oh my god, that's me! Yeah, that's me, that's me! Oh, this test is amazing!" And yeah, like you said, they rated it four point six or something out of five yeah and it's and, and what it is that that's just as, as we said that's our as humans that's our natural ability just to just read a statement that's really vague and assume it's talking about us do you want me to tell you some some statements yeah go on all right okay so everybody listening to this let me know whether or not you think i'm right no, i'm gonna talk to you now okay <laughs> i'm gonna describe you the, you. Listener. you the listener okay i'm not talking to anybody else just you okay you have a great need for other people to like and admire you. You have a great deal of unused capacity, which you have not turned to your advantage. You have a tendency to be critical of yourself. You pride yourself as an independent thinker and do not accept other statements without satisfactory proof.
1: <laughs> and That could be anybody, right? Well, th- that, that person who was listening just then... I'm sure this is very true, specifically to you. Some of your aspirations tend to be pretty
0: unrealistic. You know that's the case, don't you? Yeah, there you go. We are basically mind readers. And then the point (laughs) is that this whole psychological idea is applied to whatever fortune-telling method that they are having done. You know, even they're, they're massaging my skull and they're saying sorts of things like this. And I'm just going, yeah, oh God, you're telling me everything about myself. Like, you know, that that's how any of this works because of the psychology behind it. It
1: was interesting as well. When they've done this the, this studies and when they've um, proved the Barnum effect, which they've done numerous times, I saw a, a really good Darren Brown clip on YouTube this week where he did it where he had people from all over the world. He pretended to read their personality and gave them all back the exact same response. And they were all saying, wow, this is me. Um, the reason why this works so well is when they're providing back positive statements. So they yeah. found that yeah. if they then started to include some phrases in there, such as, I often think hurting people is something that I should do. Then people was think, no this doesn't apply to me this isn't a good thing so it was very very much linked that the statements needed to be mostly positive terms that then people would then think yeah that does fit me and it's again that whole positive optimistic wanting to have that affirmation in there that then really worked really well
0: so does science back up fortune telling is it true I suppose we're getting towards the end. We should probably make a. What have we discovered?
1: What's the maybe the the kindest way of putting this is that there's no scientific empirical evidence to support any of these methods.
0: Yeah, yeah, baloney is what I think. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, but like we said, I don't believe it anyway. But that's not to say I didn't read into it. But now I really don't believe it. Um, I read a nice thing. I, I, I read. It says something like, "If it was real, if something could predict the future, there wouldn't be fifty different ways of predicting the future. There'd be that way, and then that would just be the one they used. Why yeah, do we exactly. need tea leaves and head massages and hands and feet and reading my handwriting? And like, if something worked, none of those things would exist.
1: I think the the biggest thing as well is that these different readings quite often contradict each other. So." if it says, you know, you're, you're going to be, you know, moving abroad or you're going to be happily married or something's going to happen to you. That's positive. And then it, another one of the readings might say something completely different. So you need to, you know, break away from that and completely start again type thing. It's, they can contradict each other. And if they were all telling the same fortune, they obviously wouldn't contradict each other.
0: Yep. Yeah. So no science um isn't necessarily true that's not to say there's nothing wrong with it that's not to say that people don't enjoy it um you know and and i I think lots of people go into it knowing that but
1: well there's uh, there's some big things that it's not predicted as well that people point out so you know some pretty horrific things that's happened in history that it would have been great if fortune tellers could have actually predicted like the the attacks on 9-11 or some economic yeah. collapses that have happened or you know some bad earthquakes or whatever that, that's happened so it would be good but like you say some people they want to believe it so much that they they just really really fall for it i know there's there's a brilliant story about demon brown I, isn't there
0: i am um... Yeah, I watched I watched a bit of an interview with him on the Joe Rogan podcast talking about, so he did did a bit in one of his shows where he gets loads of people from the crowd on stage and then pretends to do like a cold reading. And in it, he's saying, I was actually, I watched this show. He was saying, um, I, was like, I was there live, so there's like 50 people on stage or whatever, and he's saying live, right, this is not true. I'm just cold reading you and then I'm saying things. And then he's like, "Ah, oh, I can see Mary." And then someone on stage goes, "Oh, that's me." Yeah, this your grand? Yeah, I think is your grand? Yeah, you lost someone. And he he's doing this whole thing where it's just and he's saying as he's doing it, he goes, "Just so we're clear, I'm making this up as I go along." Yep, this is not real. But she went on a trip. Oh, actually, yeah, she, she did. Yeah. And anyway, so he does this whole thing, and he, he basically tells you that it's all rubbish. And then he he was saying on this interview, he said at the end of the show, he we went like out to see some fans who were hanging around. And he said a girl came up to him and said, oh, "I love the show. It was really good." Um you put me in touch with my grand, please? You know, I'd love it. I'd love it if you could do that. And he, he says to her, look, I, I'm not sure you watch the show. Like, I'm telling you, it's not real. And she's like, no, yeah, no, I understand that. I do. I, you know, I know that it's not real, but it'd be really interesting if you could speak to my grand for me. <laughs> like, what? You didn't even know it's not real. You know, but like right. you said, like, people just want it. People, you know, but I think some people just, it doesn't really matter, they, you know. And the the reason why,
1: why some people get into it is because people then believe it so much and you can make good money from it. So I was reading like back in the day, especially maybe this is where my thought of fortune tellers comes along where it's this old granny. It typically used to be like a very, like an old woman, like a gypsy woman. So what they would do is they would travel around different towns and they would read palms or tarot cards, whatever it might be, or look into a crystal ball, predict the future. And it almost doesn't matter to them because they're going to get paid anyway. And then they moved on. Yeah. But then it's that whole confirmation yeah. bias where if something then happened in someone's life, they'd look back and go, oh, I was told that I should have seen that coming. Yeah. And they forget yeah. the other 10 things that they were told that could potentially happen. They cling to that one thing. And so people have made a lot of money by going around and I, yeah, convincing people, I don't want to say scam, convincing people that they can actually predict the future for them.
0: I think some of them are scams though. I think that I don't think that's wrong to say that. There are lots of people that are just doing it to scam people. And they you know sometimes they prey on the vulnerable people, don't they? People who are really, really in a position where they just they really shouldn't be preyed on, well, I guess.
1: Yeah, massively. If if you've just lost somebody who is very dear to you and you're wanting to talk with them even though they've died or yeah, you're wanting to improve something in your life that has gone wrong or you're searching for some meaning, then you're, you're more susceptible. And then, yeah, Yeah. like you say, they'll, they'll prey on you to then try and help
0: you, but you have to keep paying this money. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. They do things like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Come back We'll we'll talk to them again. Like, you know, imagine your your granddad's died or, or whatever. And then someone pretends to speak to him. And they've just died. You'd pay anything to speak. You know, lots of people will be like, "Take my money," and yeah. then they go, "Right, we'll come back next week. Another two hundred pounds. We'll do it again." Yeah, like that's that's not fair. Anyway, do you know what?
1: That probably then leads me on to a, the takeaway that we've got for this week. I think it sort of fits quite nicely when we're saying this.
0: Yeah. So
1: yep. it's a little bit old now, but it i the, the sentiment is true. So my two guys, one topic takeaway is that back in twenty fifteen, you gov. Did a survey. So youGov, they're, you know, a a reputable survey company. They did a a study of US and British participants to ask them their beliefs about astrology and horoscopes. And it was 14% of Americans and a couple of percent of Britons said that they believed in horoscopes. And you may be thinking, well, yeah, that's not too much, is it? It's only like 14%. It's only like a few percent of Brits. That equals roughly 50 million people. Yeah. <laughs> That's
0: nuts, isn't it? That's sounds... That's big,
1: isn't it? And so they That's then big, in it? the same same survey asked them they said do you believe in astrology and like star science that that comes with it astrology and all of that meaning and it was 30% of Americans and 20% of Britons. And again that comes up to 109 million people at the time. So you're thinking there's there's a big market out there for you to then be yeah fortune telling for or selling selling these services
0: to because there's there's a lot of money to be made there i've just had a quick look on amazon i can get a set of tarot cards for 10 pounds so maybe i'll start but it's like like i don't know like they they must know that they're just making it up so like what kind of morals do they like there can't be many fortune tellers that are doing it for any nice reasons because they know that they're, they're just making stuff up. Oh um, yeah. And I think that's my takeaway. Uh, you know what I believe, you know, having learned this, I, I tell you what, I will remember that the Barnum effect experiment. I, I love that idea that, that actually we all agree. Oh, we all like hearing statements about ourselves that are vague. And that is why this works. Yes. Um, but yeah, certainly it's not true. It doesn't, it's not a thing. Um, and I don't think it's fair.
1: I think you were telling me it's one of the oldest professions that's that's been around. Yeah. I know we were saying it was 4,000 BC. There have been people that have yeah. latched onto this for a long, long time, haven't they?
0: Yeah, being paid to do this as far as professions go. Um, yeah, it's one of the oldest. I think it's in like the top six oldest professions in the world or something.
1: Oh, is it? But no, interesting week for me. Uh, yeah, definitely the thing that will stick in my mind as well is the whole Barnum effect and how important that is and, and people trying to find some positive meaning um it'd be interesting maybe we've been susceptible and fallen for it at some point before some sort of barnum effect on us at some point in our life but certainly be more aware of it going forwards now
0: there is um i did read about the barnum effect is adopted with like spotify and netflix and things like that and how yeah. like you go onto yeah. netflix and say we've got these choices for you you know oh that's for me it's not for me it's for, like 40 million people <laughs> uh, here's your spotify custom playlist there's no way that's my playlist. About um, hundreds of millions of people have got that. It's exactly <laughs> that. So really vague, and you just you just think it's for you. You just you just take personal meaning. Anyway, we hope you enjoyed this episode. We'd love to know what your thoughts are. Let us know on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Two Guys One Topic. But otherwise, we will be back next week with a new episode. So until then, get out there
1: and predict some future with some fortune-telling knowledge.